Are you overwhelmed or worn out with homeschooling? Do you cringe when it's time to work on yet another week's worth of lesson plans? Are there days when you see the school bus go by and wish your kids were on it? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. So if you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And thank you for your support, listeners, which enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. When our kids watch secular shows or read secular books, they'll often come across something that directly contradicts the Bible. And they'll ask a question like, is that true, mom? Did we come from apes? Is the earth billions of years old? Are there aliens on other planets? Our kids are growing up in a world that desperately needs the light of God's word. And it's increasingly more important to me that the resources I use to educate my kids are from a biblical worldview. This is why our family uses BJU Press. They offer trusted resources for homeschooling through video courses or parent-led instruction. Our family uses BJU Press video courses, and I love the fact that they are taught by knowledgeable and engaging experts in their fields. And what's really great about the video courses is that all three of our kids, including our first grader, can work independently and at their own pace. But if you would rather facilitate your child's homeschooling, if that's more your speed, BJU Press offers numerous resources so that you can manage the different learning styles of your child, know what your student is learning so you can influence instruction, and create a totally customized learning experience. BJU Press Homeschool offers resources to meet the educational needs of your family in a way that will equip your kids for a life of gospel impact. Just go to BJUPressHomeschool.com and get what you need to give your child a solid biblical education. Again, that's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Well, hey there, Ginger. I know you are just as excited about today's guest as I am. Zan is a second-time guest on our show because we loved her so much the first time. We had to have her on. Um, So we had her on a few months ago where she offered three tools for cultivating your child's potential, which was so encouraging and helpful. If you missed that episode, listeners, it was episode number 65. So Ginger, why don't you tell our listeners who might be new to the podcast or may have missed that episode just a little bit about Zan? I would love to. Not only is one of the sweetest and warmest and most genuine people you'll ever meet. She's also one of the feistiest. And I say that with the <laughs> utmost respect and appreciation. Don't let her size fool you. She's tiny, but she packs a big punch for Jesus and for homeschooling because she is just so passionate about both. In fact, her passion for homeschooling almost landed her in jail back in 1984 when homeschooling was illegal. And we're actually going to have her share a little bit about that journey today. But suffice it to say that if you're enjoying the freedom of homeschooling your children today without being harassed or threatened by your state, if you ever run into Zan Tyler, you might want to give her a big hug because she was a mighty warrior on that battle field. She fought long and hard to win that freedom. 
To this day, her legislative success in South Carolina has spearheaded legislation to ensure homeschool freedom in other states. I'm just so thankful for her work. Zan is an inspirational speaker, an author, and a consultant for BJU Press and the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. Zan, thank you so much for joining us again today. Oh, Ginger, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back again. Absolutely. We are very excited about it and the wisdom that we know you're going to offer to homeschooling parents who are already experiencing burnout and need a little help, as well as those who might be new to homeschooling and how they can prevent burnout. As a veteran homeschooling mom, I loved being with my kids day in and day out and the opportunities that gave me uh, not just to shape their education using a biblical worldview, but also to encourage them in their faith in Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade those days for anything. But I'd be lying if I didn't say that I had my moments of frustration on uh, some of those days when I'd rather be doing anything other than lesson plans and algebra. Actually, I'd also be lying if I said I taught my kids algebra because I didn't. They had to have a tutor for that one because their mom royally flunked that high school class. Okay, so enough about me. Zan, in your book entitled Refined, A Homeschool Mom's Call to Trust, you talk about your run-in with the law and how you were actually threatened to be thrown in jail. Which, let me just say, you would have been adorable in one of those orange jumpsuits, but I seriously (laughs) doubt they made one small enough. (laughs) Anyway, can you tell us about that incident and what God taught you, specifically using three Hebrew men, about burnout in your homeschooling journey? I have to tell you this first. When I was threatened with jail, my husband used to say, Zan, think about it. Jail is a break for homeschooling mom. You got three hots and a cot, and you don't have to cook (laughs) or teach. (laughs) Avoiding being the comedian. Just go to jail. (laughs) And I I always say, if you have homeschooled for more than 24 hours, you have probably experienced burnout. And because what we're doing is hard, but enough of that, I'll just tell you a little bit about my story. So as Ginger said, when we first started homeschooling, I was threatened with jail by the state superintendent of education. What I didn't understand at the time is that that was going to thrust me into an eight-year journey with my family of either being involved legislatively or in court while we tried to find a quote homeschool, uh, a quote solution to the homeschool problem in South Carolina. So Joe and I eventually started a private sector organization where homeschoolers could go through us rather than their public school districts. And the prevailing wisdom was is that we would end up in court in a couple of years. We didn't know that two or three months later, 14 or 15 of our members would be filed with truancy charges uh, and, Mm -hmm. and given subpoenas. So... So we requested an attorney general's opinion. If we got a positive opinion, a lot of the lawsuits would have probably gone away. Uh, But one morning I was having school with the kids and the phone rang. It was my one friend at the State Department of Education. And she said, honey, you need to sit down. She said, the attorney general opinion has come back against SCAES, which was our organization, the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools. She said the superintendent of education had sent out a fax to all 90-something school superintendents, local school superintendents in South Carolina, saying that any homeschooler going through SCAES was illegal. And as the president, Mm. you're at the top of that list. There's going to be trouble, and I just wanted you to know that. So I walked into the living room and I put my 
I just, I just started crying and I said, mm-hmm. Lord, I thought I was following you. How did I end up in so much trouble? You know, my whole life <laughs> is flashing before my eyes at this point. And for some reason, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego popped into my mind. And I said, oh yeah, Lord, and what did they do wrong? You know, they're just <laughs> trying to follow you and not worship idols and they get thrown into the fiery furnace. And, and it, in that moment, it was like the Lord said to me, Zan, you are following me. That does not mean you're not going to have problems. So I'm having this quick conversation with the Lord while I'm crying. And I happen to look out my dining room window and there are two armed policemen walking down my driveway with their hands on their guns. And I thought, man, that was quick. And Mm. so I ran and I got my um, daughter was three or four, which meant my boys were 10 and 12. I got my 12-year-old son and I said, run upstairs now. Make sure you're in a bedroom with the door locked. Don't let me hear a word. For heaven's sakes, don't have no fighting. Mm. And make sure (laughs) that I am gone before you come downstairs. I really didn't want my three-year-old daughter to see me handcuffed and put Mm. in a police car. Mm. And I said, Call Papa, my daddy. He's a um, an attorney. He'll know what to do, but make sure I'm gone first. So mm. I just remember getting down on my knees as the policemen were walking to my door. And, and my biggest fear was really not going to jail. My biggest fear was having my kids removed from my home because mm-hmm. that threat mm. was always there. And I was waiting for that other shoe to drop almost every day. And so the policemen knock on the door and I come outside and... And they just start asking me questions. So I want to, I, I want to leave the story there and go back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were in Babylon. They had been kidnapped from their homes, basically, and now they're in the land of their exile. And they refuse to bow the knee to Nebuchadnezzar's idol, and they end up thrown into the fiery furnace. And so as as they're in the fiery furnace, they, they told Nebuchadnezzar, look, God can save us, but if he chooses not to, we're still not going to bend the knee to you. And, mm. you know, it says they threw them in the furnace with their clothes on. It was so hot, seven times hotter than normal. The guards who threw them in died. And I just, I have always wondered what happened when they hit the floor. Did they, did it take them a minute to realize that, hey, we're still alive and hey, all of a sudden we're no longer shackled and chained. We're walking around and, oh my word, who is that man? Who is that angel? And it's Jesus, this appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. And I've often wondered how much that changed their lives. It was like God was saying to me as I studied this story in retrospect that he goes to a lot of trouble to create these circumstances, these fiery furnaces for us where we see him in a new and powerful light and he also gets the greater glory. Um, Because when Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar calls to the three men, come out, come out. And he, and then he just makes this acknowledgement of God's existence. He is God. And anybody who says mm. anything negative about him, about their God, will be thrown into a garbage heap, torn limb by limb, and their houses destroyed. I mean, it was, it was a pretty strong um, about face for Nebuchadnezzar. And <clears throat> so 
you know, so I believe that the definition of burnout is being in the fiery furnace without seeing the fourth man. When we can, no matter how heated our circumstances are, if we can just see Christ there and we know he's with us in a powerful and intimate way, and he'll not only protect us, but he gets more glory from our story in the end, it's really a powerful way to look at life. And so I guess I need to tell you what happened with the policeman at my door. Yeah, yeah please <laughs> leave us hanging <laughs> on that. <edge> <laughs> so, so ten years the, later, you got out of jail. And then <laughs> <laughs> so the policemen start asking me these questions, and I'm thinking these are crazy questions. And finally, they say, "Now we lived in this quiet little neighborhood, one way in, one way out." Mrs. Tyler. There has been there have been two armed robberies in your neighborhood today, and we think the thieves are in your backyard. And I went, praise the Lord. <laughs> armed thieves, let me at them. Just leave my children out of it. You know, it's what I'm thinking in my mind. And I was so glad my kids were upstairs locked in a bedroom. But you know, it's oh, interesting, wow. God's kind providence, because I had no idea why those policemen were coming to my door. All I knew is that the, mm. the girl from the State Department of Education called and said, expect trouble. The policemen are at my door. And it made mm-hmm. me face my worst fears. And God was with me in that furnace. And I was, ne- it's not that I was never afraid again, but I was, I didn't live in fear past that point. And I, I just mm. always felt like that was God's great gift to me. Yeah. So were they in your backyard? Um, no, that's a funny the story robbers. too. We had, Joe and I had had a ton, we're living on one, one income. We had had a ton of legal expenses. So we had one minivan, which was our nice car and the sports car my dad had bought for me when I was in high school, which by this time is like a real junker, you know? And so Joe had clients from California in town that day. He said, I cannot drive the old car. It's raining. I have to take the minivan. So my old car is parked on the side of the road. I said, why do you think they're in my backyard? And he said, you see that little sports car out there? We think that that's their getaway car. (laughs) Wow. I said, that's not their getaway car. That's my car. And they were so mad. They said, lady, tell your husband to buy you a new car. That's funny. That is hilarious. Oh, wow. But just to think that you're about to go to jail and then it's that. And you're relieved that it's that. I mean, who would be relieved with that? But but obviously, that's a bigger relief, you know, (laughs) thinking you're about to go to jail. So, yeah. God works in mysterious ways. Does he not? (laughs) Well, I've heard for many years how how difficult homeschooling was for families back in the 80s. And I was not homeschooled, so I didn't see that. I didn't know that. And coming into homeschooling when I did, what, seven years ago, there were so many options. There were so many choices. So I think for those of us who are able to live in this this country, in this world where we just have all this freedom, it's just we don't realize the struggle and the fight that you all went through for that. So thank you on on behalf of us who get to enjoy the freedoms of that for fighting for Mm -hmm. freedom to homeschool because it's such a joy. It's such a privilege. Mm -hmm. And I've told my kids many times, you guys may not have this privilege when you have kids of your own. I want you to recognize what a joy and privilege this Mm -hmm. is and continue to fight for that in, you know, God honoring ways. So thank you for that, Zan. 
Well, it, it has been my privilege, and I was one of many. I will say that, one of many. Mm. Freedom isn't free, and if we don't stand from, mm. for freedom, we will lose it. So I just want to encourage everyone out there not to take your freedom for granted, but to do what you can to always ensure that we will maintain these freedoms. Well, Zan, you've been speaking at conventions and encouraging homeschooling parents for many years. So you've talked to thousands of homeschooling parents, probably tens and hundreds of thousands of them. And I'm sure you've heard many stories about burnout. What would you say are the three main causes of burnout? And how would you encourage our listeners who are having these same struggles? I think there are three main causes, the overwhelming daily responsibilities, the constant daily pressures, and the fears within and the conflicts without. So in terms of the Mm. overwhelming daily responsibilities, you know, you're already doing so much as a mom. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're nurturing, you're chauffeuring, you're a counselor, all of these things. And now you're a homeschooling mom and you add curriculum expert teacher in charge of all the extracurricular activities. And by the way, there's no school bus. And so you just have so many things to contend with on a daily basis. It really reminds me of Moses after he had um, worked with the Lord to set the Israelites free, the Hebrews free. And his father-in-law comes up to Moses. Moses is standing in the midst of a million people day in and day out, judging all of their problems. And his father-in-law says, basically, this is going to kill you. But if you'll take my advice and delegate, and you can read all of this in Exodus 18, um, then you and the people with you will be able to survive and enjoy life, basically, is what his father-in-law was saying. And so I just always tell homeschooling parents, sit down with your husband and, and figure out what's causing you the most stress and what you can delegate. There were a couple of times in my homeschooling journey, I just really wanted to quit. And Joe would mm-hmm. always sit down with me and say, What is the thing that's putting you over the edge? And we would pray about it, and the Lord would always send help. Now there are things like co-ops and video courses, tutors, all types of things you can do to offload some of the teaching responsibilities to give you a little space in your life. Also, um, some people can afford household help um, or help with the the younger children or trading off with a friend. There are all all kinds of things you can do. I just encourage you you to be smart and delegate the things you can delegate. Mm. Yep, that's good advice. Very good advice. The second thing is just the the constant daily pressures. This really hit me like a ton of bricks as I was reading a passage in 2 Corinthians 11 and it's 21 through 28 for those of who you want to who want to read it. This is Paul just talking about all the problems he's had and since he's become a Christian. He's been beat. He's been hungry. He's had the cat of nine tails. He's been robbed. He's been shipwrecked. And at the end of it, he says, but apart from all these things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety or concern for all the churches. So it's almost Mm. like Paul is saying, The beatings and all of that is one thing. The pressure I feel of the welfare of all these churches is the thing that weighs me down. I've thought about that so much with my own children. Being threatened with jail, 
fighting lawsuits with the help of lawyers. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, all of those things were pressures, but nothing like the pressure we all feel as homeschool moms of the buck stops with us. If, if our child does poorly mm. on the SAT, we can't blame that crummy algebra teacher they had in the 10th grade. <laughs> we just feel like we have the responsibility for everything. And, but the main thing we have the responsibility for, because we can delegate some teaching as we talked about, is just our child, our children's spiritual warfare, just like, I mean, welfare, excuse me, just like Paul was talking about him bearing the welfare of all the churches. And and I think Paul validates that pressure by naming it. And he doesn't call it sin. He doesn't say, I got to quit worrying about their welfare. He just says, this is part of my job description as an apostle. And I think we need to realize the things that we can delegate and the things that we can't delegate as parents. And the spiritual welfare of our children is something that we can't afford to delegate to somebody else. We can get support and help in the church or ministries, but we can't delegate that to someone else. It's part of our job description. And I think we just need to constantly give that pressure and those concerns back to the Lord. And um, then basically just the last thing or the fears within and the conflicts without. Paul is so honest. He talks about this in 2 Corinthians. He says he's depressed. Paul sent Titus to him and that was a huge help. But he had constant internal fears and outward conflicts. When I first started homeschooling, I read a book and it said homeschooling is like building an ark in your backyard and hoping the, the neighbors won't notice. And uh, because, <laughs> it, you know, it's just, it, in the early days, especially, you said you were homeschooling. Those were almost fighting words. And, and so I just think... Um we we get support. Now there's so much support. You know, my life is, as a homeschool mom has really been dedicated to giving moms support that I, I never had because I know how important that is. And I think scripture is one of our greatest supports. Um, pick a verse. Have the Lord lead you to a verse. But the verse the Lord gave me from the very beginning was Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. I just viewed mm. homeschooling as my ark. And when I wanted to quit, God would always give me this visual person and I, uh, this visual picture. I'm not a visual person of Noah for 75 years or however many years building that ark plank by plank for the salvation of his family. And that's how I feel with homeschooling. Course by course, day by day, discipleship opportunity by discipleship opportunity, we're, we're laying those planks and building that ark for the salvation of our family. Mm, that is so good. I love how you take everything back to scripture and how the Lord Thank always you. brought certain scriptures to your head um, just for the different struggles that you were facing and encouraged you in that. So you're right. The, mm. the Bible, the Holy Word of God, that is our biggest um, source for strength when we need it. Mm. It's so powerful. It so is. powerful. It is. And and you just communicate that so well. Zan, you offer eight strategies uh, using a play on the stop, drop, and roll concept for helping or preventing burnout. Uh, I'd like for us to camp out on these strategies for the re remainder of our show and cover as many as we can because they are just so good. Uh, so let's try to cover at least four of them, and then we will tell our listeners where they can get a copy of your book for the other four. So tell us about the stop, drop, and roll concept, and then go ahead and tell us about your one of your strategies. Okay. Well, you know, with, with fires, it's always stop, drop, and roll. My um, 
my husband actually had a cousin who was written up in Boy's Life because his sister was cooking at the stove and she caught her robe on fire. And, you know, when we're on fire, our immediate response is to run, mm-hmm. not to drop and roll. And and he actually pulled her down, rolled her on the rug and saved her life. And so prevented... Um, a lot of the burns that she would have had prevented a lot of the burnout. And so I just thought this was a great illustration for us because we are in the midst of the fire a lot as we're homeschooling. I don't mean to be overly dramatic or overly play that, but there's a lot at, at stake for God's kingdom in our homeschools mm-hmm. and for our kids' spiritual lives and their educational lives. And, and I think we're, we're going to sense the attack, the conflicts, outside Mm -hmm. and the fears within. Uh, One of my favorite stories is the story about Hannah. And um, this chapter in the book is entitled Stop, Drop, and Pour Your Heart Out. If you know the story of Hannah, she's married to her husband, Elkanah, and her husband has another wife named Peninnah. Now, I have a Southern accent. I may be butchering these names, so y'all forgive me. (laughs) Well, we're Southern, so it's all good. (laughs) uh, Okay, okay. So Hannah was barren, which was viewed as a curse from God by many Hebrews at that time. Now, the second wife has a number of children. And not only does she have a lot of children, she is always berating and harassing Hannah because she has none. It's not like Hannah's living in a vacuum. The scripture always says her rival, uh, also says her, her rival is taunting her. So this is a picture of a woman who's leading a really hard life. So at one point, Eli takes Hannah and the other wife to Shiloh where they're, they're there for their annual worship. And we see a picture of Hannah crying and pouring out her heart to the Lord, Eli, the priest, comes up to her and says, woman, it is too early in the morning for you to be drunk because he saw her mouth moving and no words coming out. I mean, this woman couldn't get a break. And she says to Eli, um, basically, don't judge me, sir. She said, I'm pouring out my heart to the Lord. I'm pouring out my heart from the anger and the resentment and the bitterness that I'm experiencing right now. And those were her particular words. Now, if my pastor asks me what's wrong, I'm going to make it sound a whole lot more spiritual than that. Mm. I am not going to say I'm bitter and I'm filled with resentment because I don't have children and this other mm. woman does. And, and Eli, to his credit, doesn't say, well, Hannah, you've got such a bad attitude. God is never going to bless that. And and scripture is really clear about, you know, letting people have it when they're wrong. And so, and, and he says, go and be blessed. And it says, Hannah gets up and she leaves and she has a new attitude, a new mentality, a new look to her face. I mean, she really believes that God is going to act on her behalf. And God answers her prayer with a son, but not just any son, a son that is a prophet and a judge in Israel and changes the history of Israel. He was a difference maker. And so I just want to encourage women not to feel like you've got to be this perfect mom and this perfect teacher and this perfect wife. And sometimes God sends circumstances into our lives that are not pleasant. He promises to cause them all to work together for good. But part of that process is learning to pour out our hearts to the Lord and do it honestly. Now, that doesn't mean we need to tell 
um, anybody else. We may have a counselor. We may have a best friend or a pastor or a husband that we can go to. But basically, we're commanded to pour out our hearts to the Lord and watch Him work on our behalf. You know, regardless of the direness of the circumstances. Those mm. those three men were in a fiery furnace. Their lives were at stake. They never expected to live through that. And yet we saw God strong on their behalf. I think there's a real lesson for us to learn from Hannah in that regard. That's so good, Zan. Nothing changes our attitudes and our hearts like prayer does. Mm -hmm. When we bring our requests before the Lord and are honest about how we feel, which he already knows anyway, he hears and answers our cry for help. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone was more honest about their feelings and struggles than King David. And he was referred to in Acts 13, 22 as a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. encouraging to us to be able to just be real, be who we really are with God. So, Zan, what's another strategy we can use to avoid burnout? Uh, I think another strategy we can use is just take a day off when we need to. Mm. I can remember reading this book called The Brilliant Idiot uh, by, (laughs) (laughs) by this man who had his Ph.D., but he started out as a slow learner. Uh, People didn't know about learning disabilities. He grew up in a a primitive environment in Canada, and he was beat when he couldn't do his lessons. So he came to the States and was educated, got his Ph.D., and his goal was just to help people. He's he's amazing. And uh, as he was was writing, he said this one thing, sometimes I wake up in the morning with brain fog, and I know there's no point in trying to do schoolwork. And I thought about that. Mm. Sometimes in our homeschool, we just wake up and know that one child has brain fog or the whole house has brain fog Mm -hmm. that we just need to get out of the house. So I think, you know, ask your kids, be prepared for this in advance. Ask your kids, if you could take a field trip or go anywhere, where would it be? And keep a running list of those things so that when you wake up on those mornings and you know you've got that case of brain fog, you can say, okay, kids, let's look at this list. Where are we going today? Field trips are educational. Travel is educational. Um, In the book itself, I give a number of ideas of field trips from museums and historic homes to national and state parks, lakes, the beach, the mountains, whatever nature you have in your area. But I think sometimes it just does us a lot of good to take some time off. Enjoy being with your kids. Reset the whole mental attitude in your home and emotional attitude and then start over the next day. Mm. Yep. And you know, I think I know I was like this, but a lot of moms feel like they need permission to take a break. Yes. Well, you know, yes. mom, you have permission. You need a break. God commands us to take time to rest. And when we heed that command, he refreshes us. Uh, rested and refreshed mamas are better mamas. So taking a break is not just going to benefit you. It's going to benefit your whole family. All right. And, and taking a break with your kids even. Just, just, we're not going to do the schoolwork today. We're going to go on a field trip. We're going to go to the museum. We're going to go to the beach. We're going to take a walk in the woods and talk about the, the nature, all the God's creations around us. Those are times of rest and God will um, honor that. All right. So Zan, what is uh, your third strategy? The third strategy is stop, drop, and go outside. You know, it's a little bit like taking a break, but I think we really need to focus on the importance of nature. Joe and I were speaking at a conference in Idaho, and a national park ranger spoke. 
And he said the average amount of time kids spent outside was six to 10 minutes, and that included waiting at the bus stop. Mm. Now, I've read other statistics since then that say 30 to 40 minutes. Whichever one you choose, those numbers are tragic. Mm. Uh, George Washington Carver said this, I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to us every hour if we will only tune in. And um, you know, take walks, go to the lake, go to the beach, take hikes, find a park. We, um, Joe and I were doing some yard work. We live in the country and we had a big dump pro truck load of sand dumped in our yard that we were going to use on our grass. Well, our grandkids found that sand pile 15 <laughs> years ago and it has been there ever since. I mean, even the <laughs> older grandkids, they just come and they dig in the sand and they're outside and it's really glorious. Uh, there's another quote I want to read you because, as Ginger said, sometimes we need permission to do these things. We need permission to step away from the book, step away from our normal schedule, and just enjoy life with our children. So here's a passage um, from a blog post that John Stone Street did, did, Have You Been Outside Today, that talks about the academic advantage of nature. And I think as homeschooling moms, maybe this is one more step in that permission to get outside. So Hmm. bear with me while I read this. There are costs to insulation from nature. Last May, the Washington Post reported that children today spend less time in unstructured outdoor play than any prior generation, which research indicates results in worse school performance, less creativity, higher levels of obesity, fewer friends, and increased rates of depression and hyperactivity. Even more critically, the world kids the world kids experience today bears little resemblance to the background of the Bible. So, I think mm. it's interesting that being outside is good for our kids academically, mentally, emotionally, in every way we could imagine, and it helps them prevent burnout and it helps us prevent burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm awful about this one, to be honest. I'm a major indoorsy homebody. (laughs) But I do want to point our listeners to someone I got to meet recently. I actually met her, Zan, the same day I met you. Her name is Jenny Urich, and she started a movement called A Thousand Hours Outside. She has lots of ideas for creative things to do outside with kids. So we'll include a link to her website in our show notes. So just to recap, we've talked about the importance of pouring out our hearts and talking to God about our feelings and struggles, our need to take breaks, and how God uses us getting out in His creation and enjoying nature to refresh us. So Zan, what is the fourth strategy? I would really like to encourage moms to pay attention to their marriages. I can remember we take our kids and our grandkids to the beach every year, and I had my nine-year-old grandson out in the ocean, and we were having this grand time. I mean, at nine years old, he's almost as tall as I was then. And, uh, and, (laughs) And all of a sudden, I realized I have drifted, and I cannot touch the bottom. And I panicked. The Lord was gracious. I there was a strong undertow. I got back, you know, into level onto level ground, and I've never been so relieved in my life. But it was a slow drifting. And there's that verse in Hebrews that says we must pay more careful attention lest we drift. So I just want to say that it is so easy to let your marriage drift. You're involved with the kids in homeschooling. You're tired when your husband gets home. You don't want to be physically available because you've had people pulling on you, little people pulling on you 
all day long. <laughs> Pay attention to your marriage. You need your husband and your husband needs you. You can do things as simple as make a commitment to have one date night a month. I have friends who could pull off the one date night a week. We could never do that. But but one date night a month. Have some individual time set aside with your husband. One night a week where you know when the kids go to bed, y'all are going to sit down and do something together. Watch a movie or talk and not talk about the kids. You need a, a kid-free zone so you can focus on your relationship. Um, communicate. Cell phones are fabulous. Joe and I used to talk all the time, and this was in the pre-cell pre phone days, and he would travel, and I'd be tracking him down, and he'd be tracking me down. And um, But just you need to communicate about your days and what's going on in your lives and what's working with homeschooling and what's not, and how is your husband doing at work. And if you're a if you're working as a mom, how are you doing in your work and handling homeschooling? If you don't communicate, you will drift. Laugh together. I cannot tell. Thank goodness. I always called my husband the chiropractor in charge of attitude adjustments in our house because <laughs> he is just this natural comedian. Mm -hmm. and, and he always calls us to laugh. I think I just might have gone crazy if it weren't for Joe's sense of humor because the stress can be so mm -hmm. great. Um, laugh. Pray for your husband. Take five minutes twice a day and pray for your husband. It causes you to focus on his life and his needs and commit him to the Lord. And you'll be amazed just the difference that makes. So just, just make it a habit to support one another. Remember you're on the same team. Sometimes we fight each other like we're on different teams, but we're on the same team. And we need to remember that marriage is hard work. I'll never forget this devotion my um, youth group leader did for me when Joe and I got married. I was 22 and she said, marriage is hard work. I had no grid for that. I thought being with Joe is the easiest thing in the world. This is not hard work. Well, then you get married and you have kids and you add the stress <laughs> of homeschooling. It's hard work, and, and we need to treat it that way. Um, Elizabeth Elliott said the strongest marriages are the ones that have a vision and mission beyond themselves. So for us, that's, you know, raising our kids to love Christ, um, being involved in our churches or ministry or whatever, and, um, and, and that takes us sometimes out of the here and now and gives us this eternal vision that is very refreshing. But just don't let your marriage drift. We are seeing marriages fall apart daily in the homeschooling community. It's tragic, and it can be avoided with a little bit of attention. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Zan. So Zan, what quick tip do you have for us today? My quick tip is this. Worry less, enjoy your kids more, tell them you love them every day, and make sure you hug them every day. I have, we mm. finished homeschooling in 2005. I have to say, I miss my kids every day. I see them a lot. I love my grandchildren. I would give anything to be able to go back to my kids in those homeschooling days and give them one more hug or take them on one more fun journey or just tell them I love them one more time. And uh, that may, this may seem really simplistic, but if I could tell you anything, it would be worry less and enjoy them more. Mm -hmm. Well, now that I'm crying, I have to I say know. this. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Zan, before we ask you to leave us with a final word of encouragement, how about you tell our listeners about an online homeschool party you have coming up and how they can register to be a part of that? We have an online party coming up uh, July 19th through 21st. It's three days. We will have wonderful speakers. We'll have giveaways, some discount on curriculum threads where you can input and win prizes. And, uh, and you can sign up by going to homeschoolhelp.com slash party. Again, the online homeschool party is about prioritizing and organizing, and it's July 19th through the 21st. If you'd like to be a part, you will need to register by 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on July 19th. And again, go to homeschoolhelp.com slash party. And listeners, will have Heather put a link in our show notes so you can find a link there. It is going to be a great party, and we hope you'll invite your friends and join us there. We're going to have a great time. Well, Zan, this has been such an encouraging message. I wish we could have covered all eight of your strategies for helping and preventing homeschool burnout. But the good news is that they're all in your book. It's called Refined, A Homeschool Mom's Call to Trust. So can you tell our listeners where they can find your book and get more information about you and your ministry? Well, you can get more information about me and my ministry at zantyler.com. And you can actually find my book at the places where I'll be speaking. And um, we, when BJU Press asked me to write the book, we did it to be a blessing to homeschool moms. So we're not selling it. We're giving it away. And, and our, our goal is always just to bless. So you can find me at various locations throughout the um, summer. Or uh, you can contact me on my website. I do women's retreats and I bring the books and we use the books as a, as a focal point of the retreat. So you can contact me through the website about that as well. That is fantastic. And again, we'll have Heather put a link in our show notes to Zan's website as well. Zan, can you please leave us with a final word of encouragement? Yes. As homeschool moms, if you're ever down in the dumps or in the doldrums, I would encourage you to find a service project and serve together. My husband is always talking about the value of shared emotional experiences. And I would say of all the things we did while we were homeschooling, it was serving others. That was the greatest bond. We tutored together as a family in an inner city ministry for five or six years. We uh, developed a ministry, just a a personal family ministry to the widows in our congregation. Um, The kids, the boys uh, taught homeschool sports classes when they were in high school, and my daughter taught homeschool ballet classes from a Christian perspective with music and uh, with good music and those types of things. We were involved in prison fellowship, taking meals to people who needed them. So it just, there is something so special about serving others together. And it's one of those things, I I mean, God tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And and that's one way we can really um, glorify God through our homeschooling is teaching our kids to serve. I do a whole workshop on that. I need to put that on my, my website as well, because that's really my heart for homeschooling moms, that they will teach their children to have a heart to serve. 
Well, thank you, Zan and Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other listeners can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. While you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. And you can connect with me on Instagram as well at Katie in a Corner. That's K-A-T-Y in a Corner. Ginger and I would love to lead a women's event at your church. We offer a one or a two day conference. If your church might be interested in hosting our women's conference or bringing Ginger in for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we will get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God.